You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Continue now with Representative Bruce Bickford, District 63 in Auburn. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Good, Maddie. Good to be here. Good to, good to have you back. Good to see you. Uh, let's get caught up here real quick, and uh, let's talk a little bit here. Uh, I want to mention this first. There's a big rally on Thursday night. Uh, you want to talk to me about that? Yeah, it's 4 to 5.30 at the Longley Bridge. We're going to meet at the Veterans Memorial Park, and uh, it's really it's a rally to support law enforcement. And uh, we hear so much about Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, well, this is uh, one way for us to say we support our local police, our local uh, sheriff department, and both cities, totally nonpartisan. Both parties are, are planning to be there, and I encourage all the candidates for mayor and for council in both cities to join us just to support law enforcement. That's a, that's a great idea. That's good. Um, did you guys have, uh, let's talk a little bit about the two-party system, you know, the the presidential uh, politics thing going on right now, local politics, all that stuff. Um, there's always stuff going on up in Augusta. Is the two-party system working right now? Well, it's, it's funny, Maddie, because what what happens is both parties have their extreme people that have their extreme views. And even some that don't, um, they don't understand that there's an art of negotiation that you have to have. You have to be able to reach across the aisle, find a common answer to a problem. You may not get everything you want, and people don't. Some people don't understand that. Well, why didn't you get more? Well, you can't get more if the other side isn't willing to give it. And um, well, why didn't you put your foot down? Well, you can't just have all or nothing. You've got to get something so the two-party system although it's the right way to go uh, maybe we should have uh, an independent party in me because an independent party um, won't say all or nothing because they'll kind of look at both sides so it's one of those things that uh, you got probably 40 percent of each party will work with the other side very well. You get uh, 10% on both sides that are going to draw a line and say, I want it this way, and if I don't get it this way, then we're not going to have anything at all. Just say that 10% on each side is what gums up the mess right now and, and is keeping us from, from getting things done? Well, it is, federally and locally. In fact, federally, as you see with with my party, the Republican Party, you have the uh, they call themselves the Freedom Caucus. Well, that's 40 representatives out of the Republicans have 218, I believe, something like that, a little bit more than that. So they're a small fringe, but they're enough that they can say, we don't want it, and they can gum the works up really, really bad. 
So rather than, for example, at the state level, we just had some major tax um, reform. Well, the governor put his budget in, and uh, as a tax committee member, I had to work with my peers, and we had to come up with a, a tax reform package that was as close to the governor's as we could get. But it's the same thing. You know, you had people on the other side that said, you're not getting a tax reform package. It's not happening. And then on our side, while we're not going to get all we're asking for, but we're going to get something. And people don't understand that something is better than nothing at all. At least it steps in one direction or the other. Bruce Bickford from District 63. We'll have more with him coming up. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on Z1055, 641 well, excuse me, 32 degrees. John Holden, Jenna Maynard coming up later on today. The Breakfast Club. The news continues now. That's the worried. 80s, 90s through today. Bruce Bickford's in right now. District 63. Getting caught up on a few things. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the tax cuts. How does that affect people? Well, the tax cuts, uh, the original ones that the governor put out were um, pretty aggressive. Uh, we all liked them. And again, like I was on taxation committee, and and we had um, five Republicans and seven, I should say, eight Democrats on that committee. So to put through any kind of tax package was going to be a challenge. We were able to come out with a tax package that was uh, as close to the governor's as we could get. And what that does is we've actually uh, doubled the standard deduction. Uh, up to 11600 for um, a single person. We dropped their tax rate to 5.8 from anyone making under 21000 The next tier is 6.75, which was before, uh, I believe, 7.15. So that was another four-tenths of a percent drop. That was for people up to 50000 And then any, anyone over 50000 that bracket changed from 7.95 down to 7.15. If you remember in 2010, we dropped that rate from 8.5 down to 7.95, that top bracket. Um, and so I think what we've done is pretty significant. And there are some that are on the, the, kind of the edge that may see no tax decrease or maybe a small increase, but 80% of people in Maine are going to see a significant tax decrease with this package that we put through. Which is a, a pretty big deal, especially with the cost of things the other day. You know, some buddy of mine last week, he actually posted his uh, his car registration uh, bill. He got a brand new truck, you know, because when you, when you work hard, you deserve to buy yourself things, you know, and you save your money and you can go do it. That's what makes America great. So he goes out and he buys a brand new truck. And of course, brand new trucks are pretty expensive. But you really, he paid like $1,300 to register the new truck. Yeah. At some point, does it get to be enough's enough? For example, uh, my friend in Tennessee just bought a brand new truck. It cost him $40 to register his vehicle. And he got his plates with that as well. What's the, where is, One, yeah. where is all this money going? And two, what can we do to get stuff under control? Because... It's getting to a point where people can't even aspire to be better because they can't afford to be better. 
We had a lot of conversation about that this year on Taxation Committee, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about it more. One of the issues that you have is that the excise tax that is charged goes to local municipalities. So while we had the great debate about how much um, how much tax could be given back to the communities, um, it came down to the excise tax, and that was even more money going to the municipalities. And we would have to replace that with something. Right. That's the problem we ran into. Um, if you buy a car, if the MSRP on it is $30,000, nobody, not one single person is going to pay $30,000 for that car. Right. But they have to pay that excise tax. <laughs> and so we went round and round and said, listen, they can't pay based on the MSRP. That's Detroit telling us how much that car is worth. Detroit doesn't know how much a car is valued at in Maine. Nor how much do they know how much they bought it for, you know? Like, if I buy it for twenty grand and I've made a nice shrewd deal, you're still going to tax me on $30,000. And unfortunately, what they're worried about is the person that buys uh, a car and gets a bill of sale for $10,000 so they don't have to pay excise tax on that full amount had they paid cash for it and just said look just give me a receipt for you know ten thousand well, even though i paid 25 for it <laughs> good. I know. if you can do that good luck <laughs> i know exactly that's that's my point it seems like it's a it, they're trying to they're actually trying to catch a bigger loophole than than what there actually is because most i mean when you're buying from dealerships they're not going to screw around like that so i don't know i i just i feel like it's uh I feel like it hurts auto dealers. I feel like it hurts people that actually want to do better, and maybe it helps the used car dealers, but I, there's got to be a better way. That's just, I've seen brand new cars that, I had a buddy of mine bought a brand new car last year. He paid like $300 for like a brand new Kia, and then he had to pay like 200 something this year to re-register it. It's, it's just, Well, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous because what happens is, is that people go out and they see these great new car deals, and they're, People that make marginal income, you know, um, but they go to register it and they can't. Right. I mean, they literally don't have that money. They take out another they, loan just to they, register their car. Exactly. You, you're talking about eight or nine hundred dollars uh, on an average new vehicle. I don't know. It gets disheartening after a while. Bruce, I'll have to have you back. Yeah, I'd love to be. All right, good. We'll see you soon. Okay, Maddie. Thanks. Bruce Bickford from District 63. We'll have more of The Breakfast Club coming up. John Holden. That's right. He's here bright and early. In fact, he's making everyone coffee. It's very nice. 656, 32 degrees. We're live on the corner of Center of Bradman Z1055. The Breakfast Club. This is your Sports Flash for Wednesday, October.